You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, don't forget to check out my Patreon. And take a look at my other YouTube channels too. You can find some ad-free, uncensored, complete versions of my videos on my website, owenmorgan.com. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email list to get early access to everything I release. All links are in the description. In this podcast, we're going to talk about Rabbi Jonathan Kahn, regular guest on The Jim Baker Show, saying that the Biden White House opened a portal to the ancient goddess of transgenderism. Dead serious. The crazy conspiracy theories Christian nationalists are coming up with right now. The QAnon shaman being released from jail and doing his first public interview since. It's bizarre and hilarious at the same time. We also take voicemails. If you want to leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. If you want to send a text message instead, you can do so by going to my website, owenmorgan.com, and clicking the Contact Me button in the menu. Menu is in the top right on desktop, top left on uh, mobile. So yeah, send me a message, and I will give it a read once a week on Saturdays. This guy is Jason Graber, and he's a pastor that does not like the left or anybody to the left of hunting the homeless for sport, basically. This is a guy that's followed a lot by Hemant Mehta, the friendly atheist, on Twitter and Substack, a couple other places, only Sky. Hemant Mehta, I believe, covers a lot of a group called the NIFB, the New Independent Fundamentalist Baptists. And I think that this guy is a member of that church, a member of that like that group or whatever, the NIFB. Now, the NIFB is led by Steven Anderson. And if you don't know Steven Anderson, oh boy. I mean, you know, let me just drop one thing for you here so you are aware of the type of people we're dealing with. Oh, God. So this stuff is so unhinged from reality and psychotic. Like, dude, I don't even know. You can't help but just like laugh. Like, what do you do? You can't do anything but just like laugh at the absurdity of it. Okay, this is a 2015 Steven Anderson's documentary on how he knows the Holocaust was fake. You say, well, what's the motive to lie about the Holocaust, Pastor Anderson? Well, here's the motive. Because without the Holocaust, there would be no nation of Israel. We can see the motive to lie about it because the whole justification for going in and creating the modern-day nation of Israel, which is completely satanic. And dude, dude, I'm telling you, like, that's who we're dealing with here. That should tell you something about what this guy believes before even watching the video. Let me show you what this guy had to say about what he thinks should happen to the LGBT community. When I say he really doesn't like the left, I mean it. Check this guy out. Any parents that would have their child uh, have, a, have a transgender surgery done on them, any parent that would do that, they just need to be shot in the back of the head. Right, right. They need to be convicted in trial and immediately shot in the back of the head. So you notice he says there they need to be convicted in trial. He kind of hedges there because saying such a thing so brazenly without suggesting that they should have a fair trial would just be a step too far seemingly in his mind. What's wrong with this dude? What is going through this guy's head that he would view the world this way? What's going through his mind that he thinks that this is like the way that the, the world should operate? For the record, the number of trans children that get surgeries is extremely low. And the number of trans children that get 
surgeries that are like under the age of like I don't know 15 is basically zero statistically zero I believe the only people that are getting any kind of surgeries are 15 and up at the absolute earliest like no earlier than 15 years old simply no way statistically I think the number is like in the low thousand like 2,000 people in the past five years or something like that out of 330 million it is an absurdly no low number and by the way you can't just go get surgery if you're trans you have to go through this whole big process of talking to doctors and working with them and, and discussing this with therapists and living your life as a trans person for a long period of time. I think it's like, what, a year or two years or something before you can even qualify for the surgery. And why would a prepubescent girl even need like a mastectomy in the first place? They don't have breasts to be removed. You know, a lot of the beliefs that these people hold take like three seconds to poke holes in them. It's so simple and straightforward to poke holes because their beliefs are based on nonsense. Their beliefs are based on garbage, on false premises, things that are, are not true. And he, his outrage has reached a fever pitch. He is ready to go all the way. He's ready for the death penalty for something that really isn't even happening. The fact that he even said such a thing should be disturbing to everybody. Anyway, as a member of the NIFB, this is like a standard position. This, this isn't surprising at all. This clip went viral because people aren't really paying close attention. This stuff's been happening for like years and years and years. You know, a few years ago, there was something called the Make America Straight Again Conference, MASA. They held a, a big, like a convention at a church, the NIFB did. They all got together, I think it was in Florida maybe, and they preached about hating the LGBT community, just like this. It was called the Pumpkin Saga. Uh, it was a big saga in the atheist community at the time where all atheist YouTubers basically got together and talked about it all, all at the same time, all the same subject, and it was big. It actually started all the way back in 2019, June 2019. I think that's when it happened. Because this guy, another member of the NIFB, just like, you know, Steven Anderson and our buddy that we were just listening to, this guy said something very similar. We know there have always been almost. We know they have always been around. We've read the book of Genesis, okay? Nobody's saying they're never around, but there was a time when society, when our country saw them for what they were and they put them in their place six feet under and unfortunately we have forgotten that in our country so this isn't new by any stretch of the imagination it's just the first time that some people are, are like catching on to this and noticing that this is going on and it's been going on for like ever anyway let's uh let's keep listening to this dude and see what else he has to say if you're affiliated with the trans community, I guess if you're the parent of a trans person, you should receive the death penalty, basically, right? It's a polite way of saying it. Convicted in trial and immediately shot in the back of the head, okay? And then we can string them up above a bridge and, and, and so that the public can see the consequences of, of that kind of wickedness. And so there should be no excuse to not put these people to death. 
No excuse whatsoever. And uh, uh, go ahead. Okay, well, it's not really happening. Statistically, the number is nearly zero that this is happening. And it's not children that it's happening to. You could say minors, maybe, I guess, people under the age of 18. But that's a pretty big stretch. There are plenty of people that are 15, 16, 17, and even 18 who are making life choices for themselves that they're very sure about. You know that people know that they're gay by the age of like five something. I knew that I was straight by the age of like five. When I got to elementary school, I was interested in the girls, not the boys. You know, that happens pretty early in life for a lot of people. Now, should you receive a surgery 11? Probably not. No, I would say that's probably a bad idea. But interestingly enough, this is this is exactly how the KKK used to do this back in the day. This same exact thing. This is how the far right has always dragged moderates over to their side. They would go completely off the rails and make some wild accusations and claim that the left was doing this stuff and that this is going to happen if you didn't vote for them or if you didn't support them or if you didn't hate this person or that person or whatever. You know, the, the KKK would say, people on the left are going to force your children to marry a black person because that's part of integration. Not just, it's going to start with the schools. You know, they're going to force your child to go to school, but that's just where it starts. Going to school with a black person. They're going to force you to marry one. You're not going to be allowed to marry a white person if you want to. You know, they start with these wild accusations that nobody was talking about. Here's, here's one for modern day. People to the left want to want people to be able to get abortions the day before the birth happens, like late-term abortion or even post-birth abortions or whatever. What? I mean, you start from these wild, unhinged, unrealistic positions and claim the other side is trying to force you to do this. That's the standard cookie-cutter tactic of the right since time immemorial. And this guy, as a member of the NIFB, as one of Steven Anderson's little, you know, minions or whatever you'd call him, is feeding right into it, is pushing it, is furthering this false narrative and coming up with consequences that he believe fit a crime that simply is not happening, that is basically non-existent. Whatsoever. And... Go ahead and turn to Ephesians chapter number four. And let me tell you, there are very, very few people out there in the world today that are actually fighting the spiritual fight. I want you to go ahead and find me another. Oh, he's a, he's the only guy you can come to, huh? Nobody can find another guy like him. Preacher in Spokane. The Spokane, Washington. Ooh. Another preacher in Spokane to preach the message where they said that these that these child molesters, that these child butchers, that these fat all the LGBTQ people, people that desire strange flesh, that they should all be put to death in a public execution by the government. Find me the preacher that says that. So that's his position, right? I want to see him. And that's where he stands. That's what he wants. That's what he's interested in. Does it get any more clear than that? Do we need any more information that we know exactly where this guy stands? He started from a false premise that the left wants to force you to marry black people, force your children to marry black people, that the left wants to 
have an abortion the day before the pregnancy is over, the day before birth. The left wants to engage in that stuff. The left wants to, you know, give uh, children at the age of six trans-affirming surgeries. This is how the right has always pulled over moderates to their side. They say something absolutely unhinged, and now you're left on the back foot trying to defend it. You're left trying to point out that marrying a black person wouldn't be wrong. Like, why do you care? Why is it a big deal that you're, you know, you might, your kid might marry a black person? Or you're forced to disavow it and say, no, I, I don't believe that marrying a black person would be good. Or I don't believe that, you know, forcing somebody to marry a black person would be good. So you're basically forced to take one of two sides, either the extreme left or the extreme right. That's the goal behind the strategy. And again, the strategy has been in existence since the very beginning, like since the early days. The, the KKK used this all the time. This is a super common technique. And the, the dude just fed right into it. Just disgusting. I got a voicemail about it. I want to give this a listen, see what the caller had to say about this. Check this out. Hey, Owen, this is Jacob. I'm from Spokane, um, and I just... There's this video going viral of Jason Graber, this uh, hate preacher um, that's here in my city. That's the one we just watched, Spokane. Um, talking about executing trans uh, parents, parents of trans children, and like doing like public execu executions. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've read about this stuff online. I hear videos, but it hits a little bit different when it's in your own city and this guy's uh, talking about this. So I don't know if you saw this, but uh, uh, if you're interested in it um, and covering it, I mean, you could. I mean, there's so much of this stuff out there, but um, yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah, I appreciate the phone call. Uh, there is a lot of it out there, as a matter of fact. Uh, this came from Hemant Mehta. I believe it was shouted out by Brian Tyler Cohen or so, something like that. And that's kind of, it, then it got lift off, you know, it hit like Newsweek and NBC, I think maybe, and a bunch of others. Again, Hemet Mehta has been covering these guys for like ever. He's been talking about the stuff in these sermons for years. I don't cover them very often because God, the, just the, the act of censoring some of the stuff that they say is like, oh, my God. And, and listening to some of it is like terrible. I would rather like laugh at people acting like fools more than anything. I'm just glad that we have people like Hemant Mehta that cover this stuff day in and day out, you know. So anyways, yeah, it, it's rough. It's rough to know that there are people like this in your city, you know, talking about this stuff. Disturbing. But for what it's worth, if it does make you feel any better, we vastly outnumber them. I mean, people like Jason Graber make up a very small segment of the population. Even people who, like, want trans people to go away or leave society or whatever, very small segment of the population. They're just obnoxiously loud is all. So you've got maybe 20% of the population is obnoxious and insistent that we eradicate transgenderism from society, as Michael Knowles said. These people are voting. The important part is to remember that. They're voting. People like Jason Graber are voting. We outnumber them. There's no reason they should ever win another election when they have ideas like that, ever. You know what turns the tides in elections? People being motivated to get out there and vote. That's really what it is. It's not like convincing a Republican to start voting Democrat. That's not what 
changes positions or, or changes tides or, or like moves elections. The thing that really changes results in elections is getting people out there to vote. That's why advertising and campaigning is so important and why fear mongering on the Republican side works so well. Selling fear to people is a quick and easy way to get them to do whatever you say. I try not to sell fear, but I try to expose what people are doing, and I try to laugh about it. If you can't laugh, then you'll cry. Now, this guy is just straight-up nutcase. I'm just saying it's important that we vote. I'm just saying it's important that we don't allow people like this guy to hold public office. And again, if you want more examples of people like this, this is not uncommon. This is something that you see on a regular basis. This isn't like how they view trans people, you know, just this like rampant problem in society when in reality, you know, trans people make up such a small portion of the the population. In all seriousness, this guy makes up a small portion of the population too, a very small subset of the population. But we can never like give up the right that we have to vote. We can't give up on that. We must use our abilities to vote to prevent people like this people who support ideas that he endorses. We have to prevent them from getting into positions of authority in the United States. That's just how I feel about it. Let me know what you think in the comments. So I get, a, uh, I get an email from one Slack apologist. Okay, let's, uh, let's give this a read and see what it has to say. I, I think it's kind of a, uh, what would you call it, like a, an aggressive email. Yep, that's a shame that this guy asked for duck pics, you know, uh, waterfowl, pictures of ducks, pictures of uh, eggplants and ducks and things. May justice do what it does. Yeah, that was a reference to a video that I did uh, not long ago on Ali Alexander. He's the Stop the Steal organizer, the guy that organized the January 6th rally originally. And he was found out for soliciting pictures of waterfowl ducks for example from teenage boys young teenage boys I'm, I'm talking 15 16 17 18 years old oops you know all this talk about protecting the children and oh my god the children the children the children and you've got prominent members of the trump movement out here doing stuff like that anyway so this guy this emailer says yeah get rid of him okay may justice do what it does has he actually received any did he abuse anyone I know that really doesn't matter in terms of the law, but can I use whataboutism here? How come you don't talk about the abuse of kids going on with the left, TBH? It's a fair case to say that there is no more left and right, just assholes. I agree that every demographic of people, every group of people deals with predators. Every single group, no matter what it is, Catholic Church, Jehovah's Witnesses, whoever, atheists, everybody. They all deal with predators of some variety, right? How do you deal with that, that problem when it's presented to you is the real question. Do you report it? Do you turn them in? Do you fight against this? Or do you cover it up the way Jehovah's Witnesses in the Catholic Church did? That's really what this is all about, isn't it? Now, regarding Ali Alexander, this is an example of justice coming to somebody who deserved it. He requested pictures of waterfowl from 15-year-old boys. He needs to 
face justice for that, legally and socially. Like, remove him from society, remove him from his position of authority that he was using to gain influence over these boys in the first place. What about Chelsea Clinton? Oh, God, he said, what about? What about Chelsea Clinton and some strange and sexual book for kids? I've heard about it, but I don't know if I really want to investigate that. Maybe you can? It was completely made up. Chelsea Clinton apparently has a book series for children that she wrote, and it's a normal book series. There's no strange sexual thing for kids. It's just fabricated nonsense on the right. And whoever wrote this email, Slack apologist, fell for it. You fell for it, bro. Come back to reality with the rest of us. It was fake. Wouldn't that be way more concerning than one guy asking for pictures of waterfowl? This book goes into many schools. He didn't. The book, Chelsea Clinton's book, doesn't go into many schools. And it doesn't have anything to do with, like, strange sexual anything. What are you talking about? Again, this is like a fabricated problem that doesn't exist anywhere but in their heads. That's it. By the way, it's pretty obvious that Chelsea Clinton's real father is not Bill, but Webb Hubble, but who cares? Yeah, that's just a conspiracy theory. There's no evidence to back that up. I looked this up specifically. No reason to believe that. So much creepy stuff being pushed by both sides, or did I miss a memo? Question mark? No, there isn't creepy stuff being pushed by both sides. There's no both sides about this. Like, this Chelsea Clinton's book thing's completely made up. What about Anthony Weiner? Oh, no, we're getting into QAnon claims here. He got off lightly. And how is it that his wife, Huma Abedin, has a mother who writes about FGM, or I guess genital mutilation, of kids? That was noted in a film on YouTube by Anonymous. I can't find the video. Maybe you can. Maybe it was deleted. Who cares? Like, all of this is completely made up. All of it. Anthony Weiner and Huma Abedin are fundamental to the QAnon belief system because there's this whole claim about him. Well, he did actually do exactly what Ali Alexander did. Sent Well, he solicited pictures and sent pictures. I don't think Ali Alexander sent any, but Anthony Weiner sent pictures of waterfowl, if you will, to children. I mean, to, you know, I think 14, 15-year-olds maybe children. So yeah, not great. She'd go to jail for that. And he did. Huma Abedin was his wife. So the claim is by QAnon, when the police showed up to arrest him, they found his laptop there. And on the laptop, they found a video of Huma Abedin and Hillary Clinton extracting adrenochrome from some kids. It's completely made up. Adrenochrome isn't even a real drug. Adrenochrome is oxygenated adrenaline. It's what happens to adrenaline after it's already run its course through your body. Oxygen molecules attach to it and it turns into adrenochrome, basically. And it's worthless at that point. It's been rendered inert by the oxygen attaching to it. If you want adrenaline, you don't have to extract it from children or whatever they believe happened with Huma Abedin, Anthony Weiner, and Hillary Clinton. All you have to do is get an EpiPen. There's adrenaline in that. Or hell, go skydiving. Adrenochrome is a fake drug from a movie called Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Not real. But this guy believes it, seemingly. And he sent me an email, outraged, that I'm not talking about this, apparently. Have you seen the documentary Filthy Rich in regards to Epstein? No, I haven't. And I would never take a documentary recommendation from somebody who endorsed or even mentioned the stuff that this guy mentioned. If you haven't, well, you may want to, considering it proves the FBI knew about 
egg duck for about 15 years and did nothing. Okay, I don't know what he's talking about, egg duck or whatever, but Epstein? Is he talking about Epstein? Yeah, I I don't know about anything being proven or whatever. That sounds like strong language. I don't think the FBI knew about this or that or whatever, and they just didn't pursue it. Who knows? But I'm not here to defend Epstein. I think he was a scumbag. I'm not sure why... I mean, this is a QAnon position. People on the left supposedly support Epstein. No, they don't. I don't support Epstein. I'm not here to defend him. I'm here to keep people grounded in reality. What about Kevin Spacey? Apparently, he acted up so badly he was kicked off Egg Duck Island. I assume he's talking about Epstein Island. He literally got away with actual abuse. Okay, I don't know how you know that or where you got this information or anything else about this, but I am extremely skeptical. Yeah, Kevin Spacey was credibly accused by adult women of being abusive to them, from my understanding. I don't know about his connections to Epstein. This sound, I'm super skeptical. I'm sorry, man. I, I'm just having trouble believing a word out of your mouth right now. I say got away, as in not in jail. Maybe his reputation is damaged. Bill Gates and a few others took that private jet. How can you trust Bill Gates, then? His ex-wife doesn't. Okay, I don't know what his ex-wife thinks about it. I mean, why do you say that? Are you just saying that because they got divorced? What's your basis for any of this? And for the record, again, I'm not here to defend Epstein. He's a scumbag. And he did own a private island where he did disgusting, horrendous stuff. But you know what? He's also extremely influential and rich. And that is enough, re like a venture capitalist, that's enough reason for other rich people to talk to him. Their associations didn't necessarily have to be nefarious. If they were nefarious meetings, if he was doing something bad, charge him. Put him in jail. I don't care who it was. It could be Bernie Sanders for all I care. I don't care. Whoever it is, put them in jail if they did something wrong, period. Goes for Donald Trump, too. Trump also, oh, yeah. <laughs> what about Donald Trump? He flew on Epstein's jet a bunch. Wasn't he, like, close friends with him? In fact, aren't there a bunch of court records about connections between them and everything? Trump also has connections to Epstein, I assume is what he means, which is why I'm surprised that in a country of 200 million, okay, this is a country of 325 million. I assume you're talking about the U.S., right? You guys can only seem to cough up these these dumb people to run your entire country into the mud. Well, one thing we can agree on there, I suppose. Or even why don't you mention Charlie Sheen and how he was trying to appear that he was anti-Obama, but turns out he apparently abused Corey Haim and how Dennis, Dennis Richards caught him red-handed looking at bad images. Dude, all of this stuff is just straight up made up there's like a grain of truth to some of this stuff like the fact that chelsea clinton wrote a kid's book and then everything after it is lies like there's nothing suspicious or questionable about anything in any of you know hillary clinton's books this is just like a right-wing fever dream Weinstein went well, and yeah and one more thing why do you think I would defend Charlie Sheen I don't care about Charlie Sheen it could be Bernie Sanders and I'd want him in jail if they did something wrong I don't even like Charlie Sheen I don't understand why does he why is he putting me on the back foot in defense mode about Epstein I don't like Epstein either I just want you to be like grounded in reality here you're you don't seem to be Weinstein went to jail, but only after so many years of people in Hollywood keeping quiet. Agreed. Yes, absolutely. Weinstein was disgusting and terrible. Why are you writing an email 
to me about this. Like, I'm responsible for not, like, calling it out or something. Like, I agreed with Weinstein or, or some other thing. Like, I'm, I'm defending Epstein and Charlie Sheen. Like, what? Pizzagate erupted a few years ago, and there was some truth to it. No, there wasn't. There's zero truth to Pizzagate, okay? Like, where is this guy's head, really? BTW, have you actually read the HRC emails yourself? Hillary Clinton emails, right. Or the Jay Podesta emails? Yeah, so this is a reference to a big thing um, back in 2016 during the election. Donald Trump said, Russia, if you're listening, I'd really appreciate it if you released Hillary Clinton's emails, you know, because she hosted emails on her own private email server, basically. And within a short time, sure enough, Hillary Clinton's emails were leaked. And John Podesta, her campaign manager's emails were leaked to the public. Through a spear phishing attack, they hacked into all their stuff and leaked everything. And they found references to them meeting at Comet Ping Pong and Pizza Parlor to discuss, I don't know, campaign-related things. And they talked about getting a slice of pizza. And QAnon took it and ran with it and claimed that it was like all kinds of crazy unhinged stuff. Like, Well, it wasn't QAnon yet. This is the precursor to QAnon. QAnon didn't exist yet. But the... QAnon types latched onto it and ran with it and claimed all kinds of crazy stuff about what was in those emails. There are references to having lunch with Abramovic, who practices spirit cooking. Right. Another QAnon conspiracy theory. Spirit cooking was like an art project that this person did like decades ago. She was just like drawing on a wall and being weird. There's no conspiracy to be had here. This is all QAnon fever dreams. Why any senator or politician who knows the U.S. is mainly Christian would even want to meet a witch lol but okay? And how did that turn out? Question mark. I have no idea what you're talking about. I have lost the plot at this point. I'm sorry. Podesta emails reference some kind of pool time with kids as entertainment. Okay, well, there's a pool near where I live and, you know, I've taken my kid to the pool. What does that have to do with anything? Why is that a conspiracy? Can't people eat pizza and swim in a pool? without it being some conspiracy and some other thing with a napkin map and a whole bunch of creepy art. Yeah, there was weird, creepy art, that spear cooking thing. She was an artist, that Abramovic person or whatever. She's an artist, and she did edgy, weird art where she draws on the walls with blood and stuff. That's weird. That's not like, I, like, I don't know what you want from me. Yes, it's weird. I, I'm not here to defend any of this stuff. It doesn't mean that there was like, some conspiracy to, like, take advantage of children or something. The left has a problem. If I can even say left, made up sides, crap. Also, you may want to either debate slash talk to Ryan Dawson. He does research into both sides. There's no both sides about this, okay? I have no idea. Yeah, don't don't click any links. Don't go to any places. In fact, I'm going to censor some of this. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant to say there is no both sides about this. The right right now has gone completely off the rails. There is no equivalent to what the right is doing right now in the United States. No equivalent. None. Okay, they are unhinged from reality. I'm just This email alone is evidence of that. You're talking about some dude going to the pool with his kids, and you're claiming it's some conspiracy to, like, abuse people. Like, what is wrong with you? And you're, like, trying to put me on the back foot to defend Jeffrey Epstein? Why? I don't like Epstein either. He's terrible. Like, this is insane. 
Do I expect you to even care about what I write? Nah, atheists don't like to venture into things that actually matter. I.e. Aaron Ra likes to ramble on about what he believes, but, it, but has little or no idea about Bohemian Grover Julian Assange. As he stated in an email, I was surprised, but not really. Yeah, this is all just conspiracy garbage, like all of it. Aaron Ra has a, an, a, you know, a specified interest in what he does and talks about. Why do you care if he likes talking about evolution and stuff in taxonomy? Why do you care? Why is that a big deal to you? People have areas of interest. Is that okay? Does everybody have to have your area of interest? Where you think that, like, Hillary Clinton is, like, ripping faces off of people and stuff? Like is claimed in the Podesta emails? Or, or no, I'm sorry. The, that was the Anthony Weiner laptop, not the Podesta email. My mistake. Got it, I got it mixed up there. You live in a fantasy land, bro. Please come back to reality with us. Please. Why don't you atheists work together to banish Scientology either? You guys claim that these other religions are bad, etc., but hardly ever take on the S. I assume that means Scientology. Scientology's bad. I talk about it. Not very often. Fair enough. Evangelical extremist Christianity is a far bigger problem to address in the United States right now. Scientology is sick and, and bad. Like, bad. But evangelicals are off the rails at the moment and need to be reined in through criticism desperately a recent movement that has already done a lot of damage but you seem to not give two craps okay well i certainly do care about scientology i've talked about it plenty of times it's bad but your brand of extremism is really the problem right now why would they they don't attack their own yes i don't know debunk what you want i don't care good day sir is he saying i'm a scientologist dude lives in a fantasy. This is absolutely unglued from reality. What do I do with this? Please come back to reality with the rest of us. I am begging you. I don't know. I thought it was kind of an interesting email. It was fascinating to like look through and get an idea of where some people on the right's head is at. Like this is obviously a QAnoner, right? And weirdly, it doesn't even seem to be from the U.S., how do you become a QAnoner and not from the U.S.? That just blows me away. Fascinating, though, to see somebody like give real conspiracies that they really do seem to believe. Just crazy. Let me know what you think about it in the comments. Philosopher King Gaming. Hi, found out Jesse Lee Peterson is a flat earther. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I heard about that. There are actually a lot of flat earthers coming out of the woodwork. I don't appear to have anything on Jesse Lee Peterson being a flat earther. I mean, he is a flat earther, but in my little clip file that I have here, my, my clip folder, I don't have that. I have Jesse Lee Peterson is a white supremacist. I used to think that when they used that word white supremacist, it, it was a negative word. But now I realize what they're thinking is that, and it's true, by the way, that <laughs> that white men are smarter than them, superior to them. And, and instead of learning, oh, hey, how did you become so superior? They want to destroy it so that they won't be reminded how dumb they are. And so they're dumbing everybody and everything down rather than coming up to the level of white supremacy. Yeah, so I don't have the clip where he comes out as a flat earther. I, I know that he is, but... Yeah, I mean, that speaks for itself. I don't know what else to say about this. If you didn't know the guy before, you know him now, and I apologize. 
Here's another one. Again, not a flat earther one. I know he is a flat earther, but here's another clip I have of the guy. And the country is getting worse because we have turned it over to the intellectuals. And they have no insight, no, no idea. It's just a mess. Everything they do is wrong because they cannot see what they're doing. This is why I'm telling you over and over and over again, save your money. It's the waste of time to go to a university. It's only build the ego. It makes you think. Wow, dude. So, uh, yeah, that's Jesse Lee Peterson. I, honestly, not surprised in the least bit to find out that that guy is a flat earther. Like, not even a little bit. In fact, I would be surprised to find out that he wasn't a flat earther at this point. Like, that guy is terrible in every way and absolutely unhinged from reality. Seriously. So, Goma, I helped my sister come out to my conservative parents 10 minutes ago. Do you have any advice for her and I moving forward? Oh, that's not a fun situation. Good luck. Uh, depends on what you were coming out about. Do, were you coming out as LGBT? Coming out as uh, trans? I mean, they're under the same umbrella, but, you know, honestly, even coming out as gay is very different from coming out as trans. Coming, did you come out as atheist? That's a concerning situation. It's really hard to deal with that stuff. I would say try to take it nice and slow and be real non-confrontational with your parents, even if their position is detestable. And try to find something in common with them. Try to find common ground that you can stand on and lean on that. You know, I mean, don't don't sacrifice your principles, but find something that you can agree upon. So I guess you came out as bi. Well, yeah, again, I, I think I would just fall back on what I said before. Try to find common ground with them. Like, I don't know, just hear out their complaints, all of their feelings and ideas and what they're thinking about and everything else. And understands that you know i don't know your situation but i'm just guessing just making wild assumptions here assuming that your parents have been conservative their whole lives you know came from a different time maybe the 60s or the 70s or the 50s even right understand that they came from a time when the f slur for gay people was super super common and hating gay people hating bi people whatever is just the way you did it back then not that it makes it okay it doesn't it's not but you got to understand that that's where their minds are starting from so if you want to get them to a point where they, they can accept who you are you got to start from there you got to start from the understanding that in their mind being gay is naturally this thing and maybe uh, hopefully depending on the type of people they are maybe they'll be open to moving over you just got to nudge them a little bit maybe they have found out that you know you're bi or or gay or whatever or, or I'm sorry your your sister is bi or gay or whatever maybe they find that out and they automatically are angry about this and don't like it and don't want anything to do with it but are willing to be pushed over a little bit maybe they just opened up a little bit and are willing to be pushed and and all you got to do is be non-confrontational give them the push you know, find something, ask for all of their grievances and ask for all of their feelings completely non-judgmentally and in an honest way. And if they're honest people, if they're good people, just hear them out and find one of the grievances that you can honestly agree with. I mean, don't pretend to agree with one that you don't agree with. Find a grievance 
and agree with it and try to dispel some of the others as you go along. Bi people are like promiscuous. Well, that's simply not true. I just, you know, I'm not, for example. I mean, I'm not bi. I'm just giving you an example of the things that you could say. I mean, there, you know, there are a billion different ways to go about this, but good luck. It cannot be fun. I hope things go okay for you. Next, we're going to talk about Rabbi Jonathan Kahn, regular guest on the Jim Baker show, saying that the Biden White House opened a portal to the ancient goddess of transgenderism. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. Before the coronavirus broke out, did you feel like something was coming? Because I yeah. know you've seen so many things in the future. <laughs> yeah. I was telling people before this year began, uh, months before, that I believe this was going to be a year of shaking, uh, an important year, a critical year, a year of shaking, yes. um, and, and for the purposes of God. Mm-hmm, totally, absolutely. This is Rabbi Jonathan Kahn, and he's a regular guest on Jim Baker's TV show. Uh, if you don't know Jim Baker, I've got a ton of stuff on this guy on the left here. He is absolutely terrible. Spent time in jail and everything. Televangelist, skimmed people out of their money. It, it's just bad. Anyways, this is about Jonathan Kahn, this guy on the right here, because he's actually making some waves right now. He's pretty influential. Not only is he regularly on Jim Baker's show, but he's also made appearances on Newsmax and a ton of other places. So I want to talk about what this guy is up to right now, because there happens to be this weird, uh, what would you call it, like this weird trend at the moment on the right to claim that there's like a, a demonic portal at the White House right now where Biden is. So check out what Jonathan Kahn had to say about when Biden lit up the White House in rainbow colors. Listen to this. Late May 2023. One of those ancient gods or spirits was called the Enchantress. From ancient times, she was connected to a sign. Do you know what it was? The rainbow. And do you know what she was the goddess of? Sexual licentiousness, sexual immorality. Wow, okay, fascinating. I, I don't know anything about this. It sounds completely made up, like on the spot, but okay. You know what? Let's run with it. Weird that he's saying that the rainbow is suddenly a, a like a symbol of ancient goddesses that are evil or whatever, right? I thought the rainbow was like God's symbol to the world that he was never gonna whatever, destroy the world by flood or whatever, right? What, what happened to that? I mean, this guy is Jewish, but he does believe that Genesis is a real story, right? Don't most Jewish people have the book of Genesis or the origin story as like part of their holy scripture? Even if they don't believe it, at the very least, don't they accept like what's in it about the rainbow and all that stuff? Super weird that this guy's suddenly demonizing the rainbow. Okay, so this 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 uh like goddess is apparently the goddess of immorality. All right, sounds right up my alley. Go on. Her ancient hymns declare that she has the power to turn a man into a woman and a woman into a man. Okay, did he ever even give us a name for this supposed ancient goddess? Is this real or is he just completely making this up? Seriously. He's telling me that there's an ancient goddess of transgenderism? Really? to turn a man into a woman and a woman into a man. She's the goddess that bends uh, sexuality, blurs, merges gender. 
Wow, I, I find it super fascinating that it's only in very recent years that the rainbow has been associated with the LGBT movement. But according to this guy right here, apparently, all the way back in what, how long, three, four thousand years ago, supposedly, the rainbow was associated with the LGBT movement all the way back then. Knock me over with a feather, right? Fascinating. She breaks the line. She breaks the distinction between man and woman, male and female, boy and girl. It is this spirit which is now taking possession of our culture. And on the day that you redefine marriage, you place her sign on the nation's highest house, the White House, the sign of the goddess. You were in effect placing the nation into her hands. Her okay, so I guess Biden like lit up the White House on the day that marriage something or some kind of a marriage equality or something or other was decided by the Sup Supreme Court or passed it by the legislature or something. I don't even know. So he lights it up in, you know, in honor of the LGBT community. And this guy believes that it opened a demonic portal to some ancient goddess that has now taken authority over the White House. Really? Remember, this dude is like on Jim Baker in Newsmax and stuff, okay? This is not a nobody. Love the inspiring music in the background, though. Highest house, the White House, the sign of the goddess. You were, in effect, placing the nation into her hands, her ownership, her possession, a demonic possession. You call yourself a Christian, but you took the sacred sign of God, the sign he gave of mercy instead of judgment, and turned it against him on the White House. Wow, that's fascinating. So I guess he does accept that God gave the rainbow as a symbol of mercy. Like he's never going to use it to, you know, he's never going to use the flood to destroy the earth again or whatever. That was the, the whole bit about the rainbow, right? Okay. So where did he get all this garbage about a goddess from? Judgment and turned it against him on the White House. Do you fear judgment or what it is to invoke judgment on the nation you are supposed to lead? Wow, that's fascinating. Like, this dude is completely unhinged from reality. And now I'm starting to wonder, did he at any point ever even name the goddess? I'm just going to step back and listen to, like, the first, like, 15 seconds one more time. See if he mentions the goddess just once. One of those ancient gods or spirits was called the Enchantress. From ancient times, she was connected to a sign. Do you know what it was? Okay, so he just calls this goddess the Enchantress. The rainbow. And do you know what she was the goddess of? Okay, yeah, so I, I'm guessing he just made this up whole cloth right off the top of his head. Just out of curiosity, let me just Google the Enchantress Rainbow Ancient Goddess. Wow, everything is popping up, routes back to this guy. How about that? Isn't that interesting? When you Google something and literally nothing comes up except for from one the single person that mentioned it, you can probably be pretty sure that they just made it up right off the top of their heads. Like David Barton, for example, talks about the Black Robe Regiment all the time. This is a story for another day. I'm not going to get into it. But it turns out Black Robe Regiment, supposedly this group of pastors back in the early or the, the late 1700s the, during the Revolutionary War, Black Robe Regiment were pastors that were rallying their churches together to fight in the war or whatever, to fight in the Revolutionary War. Turns out that's just completely made up. And as far as anybody can tell, the term Black Robe Regiment 
doesn't appear anywhere in any books before like the 1990s when David Barton started talking about it. This is just made up whole cloth. When you find an example of something being mentioned by somebody that's not mentioned anywhere else, can't find a single source for any of this stuff anywhere, you can be sure they made it up. Uh, just to be fair, maybe Wikipedia has something on it. Okay, so there's a goddess named Manzat, Manzat, something to that effect. And apparently it was a Mesopotamian and Elamite goddess representing the rainbow, also believed to be responsible for the prosperity of cities. That has nothing to do with like turning men into women or women into men or whatever other nonsense he's saying. This sounds completely made up. Dude, I think this guy just straight up made this up right off the top of his head. For what it's worth, this dude is actually pretty popular. He showed up on Newsmax too. Check this out. Early February 2023. Not only is he popular, not only is he a conspiracy theorist who just makes stuff up about demonic possession and evil portals and all this garbage, but he's also a far-right lunatic that dives into like this whole anti-woke garbage. Listen to this, early February, 2023 on Newsmax. Yeah, yes. What, you know, even it's behind cancel culture, it's behind wokeism. It's oh my God, cancel culture, wokeism. Here are a couple of buzzwords that far-right nutter-butters have to fit into everything they ever say. Cancel culture, it's behind wokeism, it's behind what's happening to our politics, even Supreme Court decisions, even like the last three Supreme Court decisions that that linked up with marriage or sexuality, all of them took place on an exact same date linked to a pagan ancient calendar. Just a an ancient. OK, fantastic. Great. OK, give me the date. Give me the, you know, the ancient calendar references or whatever. We'll figure this out. We'll look this up. We'll see if this is true. Because so far, as far as I can tell, everything this dude says is made up right off the top of his head. Exact same date linked to a pagan ancient calendar. Just a little while back, Chris, you know, the, the president had a gathering at the White House, um, basically, you know, to call the Respect for Marriage Act, supposedly, but it's basically striking down marriage as we know it. Uh striking down marriage as we know it, yeah. It's opening it up to be available to more people, destroying it as we know it. Oh, it's terrible. How awful is that? And honestly, the Respect for Marriage Act or whatever it was that he was just talking about, whatever it was that Biden did recently, didn't even codify gay marriage. It just, to my knowledge, I mean, this is like forever ago now. I don't even remember. I think that the thing that like Biden fought to get passed not long ago was... Basically, if somebody gets gay married in a state, all 50 states have to recognize that marriage as legally binding. It didn't say anything about, you know, states must marry gay couples. Didn't say anything about that. Didn't destroy marriage as they know it or any of that other stuff. But any encroachment at all into civil rights and these people just lose their minds. By the way, this guy, like I said, he's a rabbi. He is straight up fighting for evangelical extremist Christianity. Like everything the guy says, every word out of his mouth furthers the goals of evangelical Christianity. And he's constantly on evangelical televangelist TV shows, like all the time. I mean, I have to wonder, like, does he feel like he sold out, you know, his principles, his values? 
for a dollar? Does he feel like that? I certainly would if I were in his shoes. So anyways, yeah, keep listening. Apparently Biden, what, like sold out to the transgender something, something lobby, blah, blah, blah. Middle, middle, middle wokeism, right? Okay, go on. Of these striking down marriage as we know it, um, and he lit up the, the White House in, in the colors of the rainbow. Well, there is one of these gods I speak about the dark trinity, and that was in ancient times, it's back. One of them is called the Transformer, and this is a this is a uh... wait, the Transformer. I thought the I thought the god he was talking about was the Enchantress, not the Transformer. Is this one of the three? We've got the Enchantress and the Transformer. Okay, go on. Is called the Transformer, and this is a this is a, a a god or a spirit from ancient times that actually said it has the power. It's a she has the power to turn a man into a woman, a woman into man. Wait, is it the Transformer or the Enchantress? Which one? I don't understand. I thought these were like two different gods. What's happening here? Blend the lines of gender. Blend the lines of male and female. Well, it's happening right now. She actually had an ancient priesthood that dressed up with men dressing up as women. This is what is being championed by the government right now. It's championing our children. She actually... Totally, totally. The government is right now championing ancient goddesses. Absolutely. ...had some of her priests surgically transitioned. Well, this spirit is in our culture. And I'm just going to give you a quick taste because I'm sure we don't have time. But here's the thing. Oh, I'll take a quick taste. Lay it on me. What she actually was the gods of god of parades. So we have parades. She paraded men dressed up as women. We've got it back. She actually claimed one uh, time of the year for possession of the culture. And you know what the time was? June. So it's back. Also had one son. Wow, dude. Okay, so apparently he's adding information to this completely made up claim. Not only is this supposed enchantress also known as what was it? The uh the transitioner or something like that. But also they're represented by the rainbow and they turn men into women and women into men. And on top of all of that, what was it? Oh, they apparently this goddess is celebrated in the month of June too. All of it is completely made up right off the top of his head. Did he just come up with this fact out of nowhere? Also had one sign particular. Dude, look at the thing along the bottom here. Okay, this is Newsmax. This news network, quote unquote, can't even call it a news network. It's a propaganda network, is psychotic with some of the stuff they say. Let's just kind of look real quick and see what what this is saying here. I just out of curiosity, let's go to the beginning of this. Seth, Officer who shot Babbitt on January 6th did his job, is what McCarthy says. Well, you can tell where they are, like, and their intent and their goals to demonize anybody who demonizes January 6th. Gallup poll, Americans sour on state of the nation in most areas. Arkansas Governor Sanders to give Republican response to state of the union. Oh, uh, talking about uh, Huckabee Sanders. 86 House Dems vote against resolution condemning horrors of socialism. <laughs> oh, I remember that. Oh, my God, dude. These people are unhinged from reality for real. Anyway, keep listening to uh, what this dude has to lie about. She actually claimed one uh, time of the year for possession of the culture. And you know what the time was? June. <laughs> so it's back also had one sign particular was the sign of the rainbow. So this is big. It's affecting all of us. And yes, it's affecting the culture. And as you said, it's happening in rapid, rapid progression and, and it's accelerating even to this day. Dude is absolutely obsessed with making people think 
he, first of all, that he knows what he's talking about, obsessed with selling his book. Do anything to sell this book. You didn't see that part because I cut it out because it's pointless. Like, why would I help you hawk your book? But that's all he cares about. Look, right here. The Harbinger book. It, that I mean, it's advertised in their little uh, lower third bar here anyways. The Harbinger. It, he's basically a rabbi claiming that, you know, everything that we're seeing right now are signs, uh, signs of the times. The end is here. And we have to be ready to accept our fate or whatever other nonsense. Is this dude even Jewish? Seriously. I mean, I'm asking that in all seriousness. Is he even Jewish? Because he fights for evangelical Christians an awful lot. Like, a weird amount. I don't know. It's honestly bizarre and hilarious to me and deeply entertaining. Let me know what you think about it in the comments. Ancient goddess of transgenderism? Couldn't they just pick Baphomet? For old time's sake and for your mom. Oh, zing. I didn't see that one coming. I appreciate that, uh, Super Chat. That's a good point. I mean, there are gods that stood for kind of queer ideas or whatever, right? Like, just kind of different ideas. Why did he decide to just make one up whole cloth? I'll tell you why. This is why. Because he couldn't assign random attributes that are completely made up if he n actually named a god. He had to go into this without actually naming one. Next, we're gonna talk about the crazy conspiracy theories Christian nationalists are coming up with right now. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. Did I, like, Flashpoint isn't the most popular subject or the most popular thing to talk about or whatever. But I am fascinated by it's one of my favorite things to talk about, even though the audience isn't as receptive when I talk about these guys. I love talking about them because it's just so fascinating. And they're such a prime example of how propaganda works, honestly, you know. You know, when we look back on Hitler, Hitler went for the youth. The enemy always goes for the youth. We must take up arms and go for our youth, arms of the truth and of, of godly principles. but. Okay, this is Gene Bailey. He is a televangelist, a, an extremist pastor, and apparently doesn't realize that he is the enemy. Like, he just self-defined himself as the enemy, right? He says, the enemy always goes after the youth. We must go after the youth. Seriously. And he was talking to uh, our old buddy here, Hank Kuhneman. This is a pastor slash televangelist Hank Kuhneman. He was talking to him about Hank's like comic books, children's books that he makes, his comic book series that he produces. And this video, he's even doing a children's video form now, fascinatingly. So anyways, I wanted to talk about Gene Bailey because he's had some fascinating stuff to say. Is that the right word? I don't know what the right word is, but uh, disturbing, fascinating, and hilarious at the same time. Probably wraps up my channel in a nutshell. Check this out. Late May 2023... By the way, he's on Kenneth Copeland's network. This is like Kenneth Copeland's thing. He's been on this TV show and owns this channel and, and everything. So listen to what Gene Bailey here, televangelist, had to say about the separation of church and state. Late May 2023. You see, we have the power, but the enemy does not want you to think you have the power. The left wants you to think you don't have the power. You say, oh, Gene, you're talking about religion and, and politics in the same talk. Yes, I am. 
Because you and I have been fed a lie for decades that says the church and state shouldn't be together. Well, yeah, there's that little pesky thing in the Constitution called the Establishment Clause. Literally the first sentence in the First Amendment of the Constitution, really. Establishment Clause basically says Congress shall make no law regarding the establishment of religion or whatever. I don't even remember the, the full text of it, but the idea is church and state will stay separate from each other. The guy that wrote the Constitution originally was James Madison, and I think he was like the, the fourth president or something like that, right? Well, Thomas Jefferson assisted. He contributed to the framing of the Constitution and, and the ideological uh, backbone of it. Right. So Thomas Jefferson was what, uh, the second or the no, he was the third president. Is that what he was? W which president was Jefferson? John Adams was number two. Wasn't John Adams a complete scumbag? I think he was. Yeah. Thomas Jefferson is number three. OK, so Thomas Jefferson is president. Right. And he gets a letter from Danbury Baptist Church. And this is like a conglomeration of churches, this is like a little group of them all in this little area. Right. And they were in Connecticut. And Danbury Baptist Church, the, uh, the conglomeration or whatever, the little group says, there's a Calvinist denomination in control of the state of Connecticut right now. Like, they are the state church. And Connecticut is passing laws on their behalf. How is this okay? Isn't this, like, exactly what the First Amendment said? Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or press or so on and so forth, right? So the important part is the first sentence there. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. So Danbury Baptist Church writes in to Thomas Jefferson, who's president at the time, and they say, isn't this like illegal? Like Connecticut has a state church and they're passing laws on their behalf and so like they are one. They are inseparable. They're the same unit basically. And it, again, Calvinist denomination, Baptists didn't like Calvinists and, and, you know, at the time they still don't really. And Thomas Jefferson writes back. I mean, they were asking him, what did you mean when you put in Congress shall make no law? Like, what was the point of that? And Jefferson writes back. My point was to establish the separation between church and state. There shouldn't be any intermingling with these two entities church and state should stay completely separate because a lot of the people that came over to america from britain came here because they were being religiously persecuted they believed differently from what the state church in england believed and they were being persecuted for that fact so they very intentionally when framing the constitution set up a, a whole system to prevent people from being forced to worship in any specific way, prevent the government from supporting any religion over any other religion or any other thing like that. With that context in mind, that's what Jefferson said to Danbury Baptist Church. That's where separation of church and state comes from. That's where the, the phrase comes from, from those letters that he wrote to Danbury Baptist. And that is what he meant. Now, with that context in mind, Continue listening to Gene Bailey here, what he had to say. So he says we should have more church in state or whatever, right? Because you and I have been fed a lie for decades that says 
the church and state shouldn't be together. No. What Jefferson wrote was the state should not infect the church. The church should infect the state. Fascinating that that's his viewpoint on this, right? Considering the fact that it's impossible to have one without the other. If a church infects a state, then necessarily a state is infecting every other church. You think if you allow, let's say Gene Bailey, you know, Trump cultist, takes control of the government and shoves his Christian beliefs down everybody's throats. I mean, I'm not talking Christian beliefs. I'm sorry. That's not even a fair representation. I mean, evangelical extremist QAnon beliefs is really what it is. Imagine he pushes that stuff on everybody around him on, you know, it pushes it in schools and everywhere. How do you think that's going to feel to the Catholics or the Methodists or the Muslims? The fact is, if church infects state, then state infects church. That's how it works, necessarily. That's why Congress shall make no law establishing religion or the whatever, or prohibiting the free exercise. Thereof. That's why it also applies the other way around. Either church and state stay separate or they don't. There is no like middle ground here. There is no one infects the other, but the other doesn't infect the one. That's nonsense. I mean, he's been pretty open about his position on what his goals are. Just listen to this. Mid-January 2023, he lays it on the line. He was advertising for this in-person event that he was holding, this Flashpoint event or whatever, and he was explaining to people what they could expect. Listen. Our events this year are different than what you went to last year, so this is why you need to come. There are two nights, Thursday night and Friday night. Friday during the day, you're going to have lots of training. And I hate that when I say training because that sounds really boring and I can't stand boring. These are not boring things you're going to go to. You're going to learn, but it's going to be fun. You're going to enjoy it. A lot of stuff happening. You say, well, what kind of training is that? What kind of stuff? These flash talks, I'm calling them flash talks, okay? What you're going to learn from this, how to go back to your house, wherever you live, and learn how to flip your school board so that your kids, if they're going to public school, you can start taking over the school board. And you go, well, that sounds like we're trying to take over the world. Yes, we are. I fully admit that. That's exactly what we're doing. Kind of disturbing, right? Kind of disturbing to hear people describe things so brazenly and openly that way. Like he is ready to take over the world for Jesus at the end of a gun, if need be. Like, whatever it takes to, quote-unquote, his word, infect the state with the church. And not just any church, but his church, his specific denomination. If you're a Christian, trust me, you should have a problem with this, too. Believe me, you don't want to live in the world that Gene Bailey has in mind for Christians who are to the left of hunting the homeless for sport, okay? You don't want to be there. I mean, this is by no means the first time the dude's gone completely off the rails. All right, listen to this. September 15th, 2022, he was talking about his goals and how he's going to get them fixed. And this is like the quintessential example 
of propaganda and how it works and how he uses his words in very specific ways to send a message without actually coming out and saying that message openly. So listen to how he starts his talk and then listen to how he finishes it. Check this out. And ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't know it, you're in the middle of a war. And what we're dealing with on a daily basis are acts of war. I mean, FYI, the people in this audience, by and large, are veterans. I mean, they intentionally set out to target this demographic of people. Fascinatingly, a poll released not too long ago that said that veterans, people who were previously in the military, are not predisposed as a demographic to right-wing extremism. They are not more likely as a group of people to be right-wing extremists. But people like Gene Bailey and other right-wing extremist groups, um, Patriot Front, Patriot Vanguard, and I don't know, any of the other right-wing extremist Proud Boys and Oath Keepers, Three Percenters, they intentionally set out to target veterans with propaganda, with their propaganda efforts. They set out to bring them into their organizations. Why? I think it's pretty obvious why. I mean, Gene Bailey said it at the very beginning. We are in a war, quote unquote, right? And that, that term has a very different meaning to the group of people to whom he's speaking right now. Keep listening. But let me say right here, I'm not talking about going and getting your AR and go down and take care of business. So he had to qualify what he's about to say with that. But think about what he says next. He basically is saying that's exactly what you're supposed to be doing in a minute. He just wanted to qualify it at the beginning of the talk. Keep listening. Not what I'm talking about. <clears throat> However, we are in a war nonetheless. But let me bring it home really easily to you right now. You see, there's a Goliath in your life and if there's a David on the inside of you, you're not looking at how big Goliath is. Okay, you remember the story of David and Goliath? I'm sure most of you do if you went to church when you were little. Hell, I'm sure this is a story told in Judaism too and probably in Muslim circles, right? Because they share the same origin uh, stories. David and Goliath, a uh, guy took out another guy, just killed him like that's the end of the story for Goliath there is a battle and in the end David like murdered somebody you you're not looking at how big Goliath is or how many people he destroy what you're seeing is what David said what do I get if I kill him I mean, that's pretty on the nose right is it obvious to anybody else now why this guy qualified this talk at the very beginning with I'm not saying you should go get your AR and take care of business we I mean, should be pretty clear now right that is exactly what he was saying but he wanted to openly and upfront say this isn't what I'm saying and then say it that's how this works that's how propaganda works that's how stochastic terrorism works if you've never heard that term before stochastic terrorism is 
when somebody demonizes something, an idea or a person or a group or whatever, and demonizes them and demonizes them and demonizes them until some lone nut who listens to them in their audience does something about it, gets their AR and takes care of business the way he's describing right now. That is what stochastic terrorism is. And probably the perfect example of, of this is when Bill O'Reilly talked about Dr. Tiller, an abortion doctor, right? Dude was demonized by Bill O'Reilly, who, by the way, was the top Fox host for years. He's demonized by Bill O'Reilly for decades. You know, he'd talk about him constantly. He'd call him Tiller the baby killer until one day Dr. Tiller was at his church. Service ends. Dr. Tiller walks out of the service and it was over. Just like that. Somebody was waiting for him in the parking lot. That's stochastic terrorism. And that's what Gene Bailey is encouraging right now. He wanted to come out in the opener and say, this is not what I stand for. So that he could then basically say, this is what I stand for. Anyway, keep listening here. Destroy. What you're seeing is what David said. What do I get if I kill him? Now tell I mean, it's pretty... It's pretty on the nose, right? It doesn't get clearer than that. Now tell me again what I get if I take this guy out. That's bold Mike Lindell type of confidence. I'm looking for... Wow, dude. Look at the, the thing on the background there. It says, if God put a Goliath in your life, he must believe there's a David inside you. If there's somebody that you don't like that you think is doing something they shouldn't be doing, then it means that God believes that believes in you believes in your ability to do something psychotic with your iron rod aka your gun right your ar as he said unhinged stuff dude i'm looking for some warriors the army may have been the army may be looking for a few good men but i'm looking for a few warriors in the room Look at these veterans here. I mean, presumably this veteran here, I'm circling with my mouth. You know, he's not revved up. He's focused. He's processing what's being said right now. He's thinking about it. He's not even clapping, is he? He's really taking it in and really considering what this dude is saying right now. That is psychotic. But the real battle isn't here at this meeting. The real battle is when you go home and you go back to work. And you go look at your child or your grandchild that doesn't know what sex they are. Okay, everybody, every kid knows what sex they are, to my knowledge. This is not an uncommon thing. This is completely made up. This is like a fabricated problem that he wants to blow out of proportion intentionally to freak these people out. That's the goal here. He wants to make them feel like they're persecuted. Like, oh my God, my grandchild doesn't know what sex they are. Nobody has ever contested any of this. This is nonsense, all of it. That's when the real battle comes. There's got to be an understanding that there's something living on the inside of you that's much, yeah, your mom. much bigger than who you are. God, I, I, sorry, I jumped the gun. I was premature on that. I could have waited and had an even better your mom joke there. Okay, let's keep listening. That there's something living on the inside of you that's much bigger than who you are on your own that gives you that David kind of boldness that says, what do I get, God, if I take this guy out? Seriously, does it get clearer than this? This is stochastic terrorism. A minute ago, he said, 
what do I get if I kill this guy? What do I get if I take this guy out? It's like he's setting up a system for like, uh, what would you call like a, a quid pro quo, like a trade, you know? If I take this guy out, then I will go to heaven. That's kind of the thing that he's trying to set up in their heads. If I do something psychotic to these people, then I get something back for it. Uh, I'm rewarded. It's a good thing. That's what he's trying to set up in these people's heads, in these veterans' heads. You see, you've been in an act of war for the last few years more than you've ever been before. Now, there's a lot of people out there saying Jesus is coming soon, and he is. But listen, we've got a lot of work to do before Jesus comes back. Don't get me wrong. I'm ready to go on the first bus load out. <laughs> However, there's other scriptures that say, well, occupy until he comes. Okay, that's fascinating right there. What he just said will occupy until he comes. What that basically means, what he's basically trying to communicate is one of the fundamental beliefs of Seven Mountains Dominionism, which is Jesus can't come back until Christian nationalists are in charge because it says some verse that they've interpreted to mean this thing rather than that thing and so on and so forth. Like, They've reinterpreted the Bible in such a way that it looks as though they have to be in control of the government. Not Baptists, not Methodists, not Catholics, but these people have to be in control of the government before Jesus will come back. If there's a Catholic in control, it's not going to work. If there's a Methodist in control, he's not coming back. Evangelical prosperity gospel Pentecostal type of people have to be in charge of the government before Jesus returns. That's what he means when he said that last line there. However, there's other scriptures that say, well, occupy until he comes. This guy is so deeply fascinating to me. Like, it's just the, the perfect example of propaganda, of how propaganda works, of what it is and how it gets into people's heads and how it's manipulated by other people to suit their own ends. Anyway, let me know what you think about it in the comments. Uh, this guy's ob obviously completely terrible, but it's really fascinating to get a glimpse into how he's doing this trick, like how he's manipulating the audience, in what way he's doing it. It's really interesting to see. Horrifying, but I wouldn't take, or I wouldn't worry about it too much. We have the numbers by far. This is a small extremist group that's far bigger than it should be. You know, maybe uh, 20, 30 percent of the country would agree with this guy. That's too many. But that's not 50 percent. So if you're feeling like kind of down after watching this, don't. I mean, it's mostly valuable to pick apart so that anybody who might be falling down this rabbit hole can see this for what it is. Anyway, let me know what you think about it in the comments. This guy is absolutely fascinating to me. Next, we're going to talk about the QAnon shaman being released from jail and doing his first public interview since. It's bizarre and hilarious at the same time. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. Q is, as far as I can tell, very clearly a psychological operation. But the question is, is what is the psychological operation's intention? 
This is the QAnon shaman. You guys may remember him from January 6th. He raided the Capitol on January 6th, 2021, I think, leading up to Biden's inauguration, tried to stop the electoral counts and all that stuff. Well, he's just released from jail. He's apparently been in jail this entire time, and he gave an interview to One America News Network host Allison Steinberg, I think is her name. I, I've covered her a few times before. She's way out there, like way out there. But I want to talk about the QAnon shaman. And then I want to listen to a couple of excerpts from the interview, which is what we see here on screen. This is from the interview. So let's talk about the QAnon shaman. Just get a little refresher of some of the crazier things that this dude has said in the past. And then we're going to listen to a couple of things he said in his recent interview. Check this out. This is on January 6, 2021. Perhaps better known as the QAnon shaman. Dude's name's Jacob Chansley. This rioter entered the Capitol on January 6th, was photographed leaving a threatening note on the dais in the U.S. Senate chamber, and was ultimately sentenced to 41 months in prison after pleading guilty to obstruction of an official proceeding. Wow, dude, that's a lot of time. 41 months. He hasn't served all that time. I wonder why he got out. How, how many? That's uh, three and a half years. So how, how, how long was he in prison then? I'm wondering. Here we go. So NPR wrote a, an article about this. U.S. Capitol rioter, the QAnon shaman, is released early from federal prison. Extremely unusual. Usually in state cases, people can be released after, I don't know, they've served 40% of their sentence, 60%, kind of depends on the state, I think. If you've, you know, if you're on good behavior, like if you've had good behavior the entire time, you have the opportunity to be released a little bit early, right? You can only serve half the time if you want. You get a charge that's a one to 10 sentence. You get sentenced to five years in prison for that. You serve two and a half of that. And then they let you out on parole. Basically, that's kind of how it works, but not in the federal system. In the federal system, you have to serve almost all your time, like 85% of the time or something like that. So this dude's sentenced to 3.4 years, 41 months. I don't know why they picked that number. So he had to serve a minimum of 35 months, basically, which is just under three years. 36 months would be three years. So anyways, uh, let's read the, just a couple snippets from this article real quick. Jacob Chansley received one of the longest sentences handed down to a U.S. Capitol rioter. has been released early from federal prison and sent to a reentry center. So probably like a halfway house. I'm honestly not sure why they let him out. Chansley, 35, is convicted of obstruction of an official proceeding in November 2021, sentenced to 41 months in prison. But prison records show that Chansley's been moved to a residential reentry management facility in Phoenix, where he's originally from and is expected to be released on May 25th. He was released. Chansley received an early release in part because of his good behavior while in prison, says Albert Watkins, who represented Chansley through his plea and sentencing. Mr. Chan, this is a quote from his lawyer, I guess. Mr. Chansley can now move forward with his life. For that, I applaud the BOP, Watkins told NPR in a statement. I don't know what the BOP is. The oh, Bureau of Prisons. Okay. Interesting. That's super, super uncommon. I, I cannot believe they let him out. Anyways, yeah, I, I just want to listen to like a couple of things that this guy's had to say since he got out and since he was inside. Check this out. Late May 2023. This is his first public appearance since getting out. 
on May 25th, 2023. Listen to what he said here. Notice his uh, cute bandana and tie. There are, if you're listening and not watching, they are stars and stripes. I don't think the founders would appreciate this very much. I think they would find a reason to put this this dude in jail just for that. But okay. Nice white suit too. So in the spirit of Christ's example, I would like to use this official statement to make it extremely clear that I have no animosity or hatred toward the United States federal government. And I have forgiven my captors and I pray for them. That's fascinating because it tells me he hasn't learned a damn thing. This guy broke the law. This guy contributed to a coup on the U.S. government, an attempted coup. And he's forgiving his captors. Really? He's clueless. He didn't learn anything, did he? Because that is what Christ would do. The next part of my journey. Because that's what Christ would do, he said. Oh my God, dude. The next part of my journey entails using the power of patience and peace to spread the truth and to do so in the spirit of a Christ-like forgiveness. I mean, the guy's a full-blown QAnon nutter butter, so I don't know why he's going down this whole path of like forgiveness and love and all this other nonsense. Absolutely unhinged from reality, seriously. It's crazy. In closing, Gandhi once said- He's quoting Gandhi. First they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, then you win. So it seems I've already undergone the first three stages of this process. Now, all there is left to do is win. Oh, God. Just, this is so sad. You know, the dude is using Gandhi to his benefit. He's quoting Gandhi to prove that he's right. This QAnoner, this is nuts. Remember, knowledge always overcomes power. Wow, dude. Knowledge overcomes power. Okay, fascinating. Well, this isn't like the first, you know, interview that he's done. This isn't the first public appearance. He's been all over the place intentionally. He has set out to do as many public appearances as he possibly could. And as a matter of fact, he did an interview on 60 Minutes Plus, I believe. It was on uh, CBS, I think. Yeah, CBS this morning played parts of the interview. Just listen to what he had to say here real quick. It's fascinating. This is uh, March 4th, 2021. This is actually a relevant date because, oh, there's this big QAnon conspiracy theory I'm not going to get into right now. But it, middle, 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 March 4th is the date that Donald Trump was supposed to be inaugurated as the real president because of some loophole with Civil War reconstruction. Blah, 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 just garbage. Anyway, it's, it, like I said, QAnon conspiracy theory, it's nonsense. That's probably why they chose to do it on this date, just to see what he had to say. So check this out. I also said a prayer in that sacred chamber because it was my intention to bring divinity and to bring God back into the Senate. Yeah, he's trying to justify being there on January 6th. Jake, legally, you were not allowed to be in what you're calling the sacred chamber. And that is and that is the one very serious regret that I have was believing that when we were waved in by police officers, that it was acceptable. Oh, waved in by police officers, you say. Interesting. OK, well, you know what? This is a provable claim. Let's uh, just jump forward about three seconds because I happen to have the clip here. You guys have no idea how much research I put into this. I spent literally hours looking for some of these clips to disprove some of the stuff this guy says. Check this out. 
March 16th, 2021 is when this footage was released to the public, but it's of January 6th. This is footage of the Proud Boys, among others, other people too, breaking windows to get into the Capitol. Watch this. Boy, it would be like embarrassing and shameful if we saw the QAnon shaman somewhere in this video, wouldn't it? Wow, that would just shoot his whole defense to shit, wouldn't it? So you can see here the breaking window, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn the sound off or down here. Um, so they're they're breaking a window, and as you can tell, they came prepared for this. If you're listening and not watching, they're breaking a window, and they have gloves on. They have mittens and stuff, so that they don't injure themselves on the glass. Okay, this was planned. This is proven beyond a shadow of a doubt. These people showed up and did these things intentionally at these times, at Donald Trump's direction. You know, not for nothing, Charles Manson convinced, what was it, nine people to murder somebody? And he sat in prison for the rest of his life for convincing somebody to break the law like that. Well, people died that day on January 6th. It was a literal government coup attempt. Why isn't Trump in jail for this? Anyway, that's neither here nor there. So they're trying to bust a window in, right? Again, what an embarrassment it would be if we happened to see the QAnon shaman here on film. Okay, so they just busted the window and climbed in and walk around. And the rest of the crowd walks up to the door. You can see them open the door. The people that just busted the window in just climbed in the window and opened the door for the crowd that you can clearly see the QAnon shaman in. You can see his stupid horns sticking up here, right? Dude is on film. He was standing there watching people bust windows in and then walk around and unlock the door and let him in. The police waved you in, huh? Interesting. Very interesting. There's a better shot of him there. I just wanted to, like, get it better on film. These are his tattoos, clear as day. You can see these. This is his hat. This is the little hat that he's wearing under his horned thing. This is the QAnon shaman, plain as day. He was standing in a crowd waiting for Proud Boys or some other provocateurs to bust a window in so that they could unlock the door and let him in, and that's what happened. They were not invited in. They were not waved in by police. This is a, what would you call it, like a narrative that Tucker Carlson actually set up, that the police invited them in. It was, it was basically like a tour. They were just touring the place. No big deal. Just, you know, a few busted windows, a few dead people. That's all. I, I, everything else was totally cool, right? So tell me again, Jacob, about how you were waved in by police. And that is the one very serious regret that I have, was believing that when we were waved in by police officers, that it was acceptable. Fascinating to catch people lying just blatantly to people's faces, right? Now, for what it's worth, 
there were some cases where this is how crowd control works. You start with barriers. They're like the, those big metal things that are kind of like uh, rectangular, you know? They have the feet on the bottom and they stand up. You have those barricades up. And, and they did on January 6th. They had those barricades up around the U.S. Capitol. And as some of the barricades fell, they were trying to kind of push the crowd in a very specific direction. So instead of having the entire crowd rush in all at once the police moved two of the barricades and fell back to another fortified position. So Tucker Carlson takes footage of these police officers trying to do this crowd control of a full-blown riot, a riotous insurrection. He takes footage of cops trying to do crowd control on this and twists it around to make it seem as though they were waved in by police. No, we just saw them break a window and walk in and unlock the door for the QAnon shaman. Not getting one over on us that easily. Again, you have no idea how much time I spent looking for this stuff for real. I don't update it regularly, but if you want any of the clips that I ever cover, you know, free of charge, just owenmorgan.com slash clips. It's all you got to do. Go there. It's a Dropbox link. You can just, you just scroll through any of the dates and when they were covered you should be able to find the clip that you're looking for. I think Dropbox has a, a search function now, I, I think. I'm not sure. So anyways, yeah. Um, if you want any of them, owenmorgan.com slash clips. So anyways, I want to talk about some of his conspiracy theories, some of the things that he believes, right? Because he's about to, in this latest interview that he did with Allison Steinberg, this one here, he's about to tell us what he believes now. So I want to establish what he believed then, when he was in prison, when he went to prison, he did an interview with Channel 5, which is a YouTube channel run by, I forget the dude's name now, Anthony something or other. Anyway, let me just give a little bit of lead up to this. He's about to talk about the storm. For those who don't follow QAnon very closely, the storm is their mythical day when you know everything is set right and Donald Trump is installed as the dictator and all of the bad people are arrested by the white hat people in the military and blah, 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 you know it's kind of like their not their armageddon but like their their return of jesus kind of a little bit i mean jesus doesn't come back in the storm it's just all the bad guys are arrested and taken out and they failed in their attempts and you know everything else so that's what the storm is. Now, January 6th was supposed to be the storm. That was supposed to be the day that Donald Trump was installed as the dictator in all seriousness. And that's what the Channel 5, you know, um, reporter asked the guy. Wasn't January 6th the storm? What happened to the storm? Is it ever going to happen? I mean, Donald Trump even references the storm like constantly. So anyway, listen to uh, what Jacob Chansley said about it. First of all, I think that we're in the midst of the storm with all of this COVID stuff. Um, I okay, that's nonsense. The storm is a single event that takes place where everything is set right and all the bad guys are arrested and Donald Trump is installed as a dictator. That is not what happened, okay? I think that uh, we're in the midst of it right now. If you think about the damage that's being done to our economy, to our culture, um, to our uh, national identity. Dude, what? The storm was a good thing. What are you talking about? Guy's lying out his ass. 
He knows he's lying. He knows the QAnon belief system, and he knows what he's saying right now does not match up with it. Why is he doing this? To uh, the, uh, the truther movement, as it were. Um, but I, I think that it's important that people like realize that um, people now know about child and human trafficking, and they also know about the hundreds of deep underground military bases uh, in the United States and all over the world. They also know about things like spiritual parasites and the way that you know psychic vampires play a role. That's what these spiritual wait psychic vampires. I'm sorry, dude. This is getting straight up unhinged for real. That's what these Satanists are. Is they're like psychic vampires. Okay. They're like they're like demonic possessed people that's part of what black magic is is you allow your body to be like a vessel for a demonic spirit people know about the deep state they know about how blackmail is used in the deep state too Uh, fyi a a minute ago he mentioned child trafficking Uh, people know more about child trafficking now and everything else it's interesting he mentions that The, the reason he brings that up is because QAnon originally blew up the way that it did in the first place because They used the hashtag, save the children, hashtag save the children. They claimed, oh God, what was it? Uh, 400,000 kids per day are abducted or 400,000 per year are abducted or something like that. It's completely made up. That, That is a false number. Not even close. The number that they're using, 400,000 kids a year or something are abducted, is how many kids under 18 went missing. That doesn't count the ones that were recovered the runaways which is estimated to account for about 80 percent of that number anyways you know kids at 17 years old they run away from home 16 15 14 uh, about 80 percent of that those 400,000 are accounted for in that uh, doesn't account for the ones that you know were at the mall with their mom you know 10 uh, year old kids while mom's looking at earrings at claire's the kid wanders off to baskin robbins to stare at the ice cream calls the the police who are already right there at the mall because, you know, it's a mall. They file a report, and then they find the kid, like, 20 minutes later. You know, none of the... Those events are all included under this 400,000-kid umbrella. But QAnoners used the hashtag SaveTheChildren and claimed that some crazy number, like 400,000, I think, per year, are abducted by... Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden was added into the mix when they found out he was going to be a contender against Trump eventually. And, you know, whoever, Anthony Weiner, Huma Abedin, whatever other left-wing politician they wanted to target at that moment, they claimed that they were to blame for all of this stuff. And they, they claimed that it's like a child trafficking ring, that they're like, uh, you know, a whole human trafficking thing. And QAnon actually got massively popular by propagating this save the children hashtag that's how they exploded when people got bored during the pandemic you know 2020 they're just sitting at home researching all this stuff QAnon exploded is like everywhere so anyway that's what he's talking about when he says the human trafficking stuff like god just everything he says is unhinged from reality you allow your body to be like a vessel for a demonic spirit. People know about the deep state. They know about how blackmail is used in the deep state to cover up uh, the crimes against humanity. How it's all. What crimes against humanity? Oh, and what military bases? 
He says people now know about all of the hundreds of military bases underground. What? I mean, he said that a minute ago. I played it, but I'm not. I'm not going to go back. But what is he talking about? This is unhinged. For the record, I mean, I know that one, too, if you're curious about the military bases. Like, that's a whole QAnon belief about how military bases exist underground underneath the United States, like miles and miles underground. And it's a parallel civilization to ours that has technology that's like 100 or 200 years more advanced than we have now. And the military is like using this underground like base to you know how these people are anyway god just everything dude everything how it's all these uh networks the pedophile networks and the mockingbird media is used to cover up the truth about this breakaway civilization that's going the breakaway civilization that's what i was talking about there that's going on underneath our feet as we speak it's people are being neurolinguistically programmed with the truth but okay oh my god dude there are like little breadcrumbs of truth in everything that he's saying, and then he just like goes completely off the rails. Like neurolinguistically programmed. No, neurolinguistic programming is largely complete BS. It's this. It's basically if you're unfamiliar with NLP, also known as NLP, neurolinguistic programming. It's the idea that you can subliminally program somebody to do something like. I don't know, you you slowly but surely like show them kind of Pavlovian conditioning. You show them a picture and then you uh, you just you, the words that you use slowly but surely reinforce certain ideas in their mind until they're brainwashed. And he believes that the CIA and the FBI does this stuff. It's nonsense. NLP isn't real. OK, it's a pseudoscience. NLP was studied by real scientists and then determined to be nonsense eventually. It's garbage. All of it. Every last bit of it. And he believes that he broke through the NLP programming. It's just sad. This breakaway civilization that's going on underneath our feet as we speak. It's, people are being neurolinguistically programmed with the truth. But unfortunately, the the movement... Oh, I guess he thinks that he's neurolinguistically programming people. No, you're not. But unfortunately, the the movement has become fragmented. That's true enough. The movement is very fragmented. I don't know if you knew this, but there are like denominations of QAnon, like different groups that are kind of segmented into like who they follow, like which influencer they like the best, like Romana Dedulo's weird little QAnon group has all kinds of beliefs about extraterrestrials and, and they call themselves, what is it they call themselves? Arcturians, that's it. Yeah, she calls herself an Arcturian. She says she is a lizard person. The world is run by lizard people and she's one of them, but she's a good lizard person. I mean, God, it's like, does it get more unhinged than this? It's crazy. So anyways, yeah, it is very fragmented, but to be a member of QAnon, you have to kind of adhere to certain beliefs, certain foundational, fundamental ideas. You have to subscribe to the idea that Q, the Q clearance patriot, the guy who started it all, was some special military actor or whatever. So anyways, let's listen to his interview with uh, Gloria, oh, wait, I'm sorry, Allison, yeah, Allison Steinberg, that's her name. I just want to listen to like a couple of clips from this, May 26, 2023. The day after he gets out of prison, 
He shows up on Allison's thing on One American News Network. Listen to what he had to say when asked about QAnon, how he feels about it now. Since the storm never happened and everything fell apart, it's pretty obvious that QAnon was all BS from the beginning. Of course, on the infamous day, you held the sign that said Q sent me. Uh, tell us more about what that was all about and how Q ties into this. Okay, so so he's going to tell us now, does he still believe in Q since it fell apart the way that it did? I mean, you have to be real devout to believe it now. Some people are. Okay, so Q is, as far as I can tell, very clearly a psychological operation. But the question is, is what is the cycle operations intention? Is it designed to divide people into compartmentalized and propagandized groups? Is uh, okay. I feel like he's just using a lot of nonsensical words there. Is the psychological... So he's saying it's a psyop, right? Alex Jones loves talking about Chi-Com psyops constantly. Like the Chinese communist psychological operations. It's a Chi-Com psyop. Constant. <laughs> uh, so what he's saying here is that he thinks that QAnon is a, a, a psyop. So it's astroturf not grassroots not built from the ground up not a group of people who believe the same thing coming together but artificially created that's what he's saying when he says that that's really interesting actually so i guess he thinks that QAnon is fake then a am i reading this right like he doesn't buy it anymore Let's just listen to his answer one more time in, in its entirety because he's like speaking in a way that's like disambiguate, like using words that are way too big. Yes, I used a big word there intentionally. But the question is, is what is the cycle operations intention? Is it designed to divide people into compartmentalized and propagandized groups? Is it designed to uh, create um, division? So uh, it sounds like he just said the exact same thing twice. Was the point to create division? Well, I mean, there is division within those groups. Is there any difference between what he just said or did he just like run out of things to say? So he just started repeating himself. Division. I mean, it happens to the best of us. I get it. Or is it designed to get a certain message about blackmail, about a new world order, one world government, about child trafficking being the uh, a real problem in the world, about human trafficking being the largest uh, black market industry in the world? Um, oh, fascinating. I mean, all of this is completely made up by QAnon, of course, but that's really interesting. So it sounds like he's saying... It's between dividing people into groups and teaching people about all this other nonsense about human trafficking and all this stuff that's simply not happening. Is he saying that he believes that QAnon was a psyop to do both, to both divide people and teach them about like uh, human trafficking or something? What a confusing answer. I don't understand. Look at it. World exclusive interview it says on the bottom. Oh, my God. World exclu exclusive interview problem in the world about human trafficking being the largest uh, black market industry in the world. Not that I don't, I don't think that's true. And I don't think we have any way to know that for sure. Human trafficking is a bigger problem than people are aware of, but it's not the way that QAnoners view it at all. The world. Um, about the essentially through human trafficking human slavery that now is, is now worse than ever no uh, human slavery through human trafficking 
I worse than ever. I mean, how would you know? What what are your data points on this? You literally just got out of jail yesterday. How would you know any of this stuff? How would how how did you? What were your research methods? Do you go through the process of like vetting the sources that you got any of this from? Yeah, this stuff happens in the world, and yeah, it's ugly when it does, and it happens entirely too often. But is any of this honestly even true? Like what he's saying here is he just making this up right off the top of his head because it sounds like he is. I mean, it, he's just repeating QAnon talking points right now. That's it. Worse than ever, 40 million people are enslaved in human trafficking. Many Wait, 40 million enslaved in human trafficking. Is that true? Looks like it's an estimated 27.6 million victims worldwide at any given time are being human trafficked. And it you know, it can be any number of different ways. It doesn't have to be a full-blown slavery. It could be uh, all kinds of stuff. You know, what Andrew Tate did. Andrew Tate was definitely a human trafficker, without a doubt. It's a perfect example, honestly. So, yeah, even the figures that he's citing are wrong. Well, let me guess. The source that I just got that from, which was the U.S. State Department, was a lie, right? That was a lie. People are enslaved in human trafficking. Many of them are children. Um, is it about uh, exposing the Bilderbergs, exposing the World Economic Forum? Is okay, these are all anti-Jewish conspiracies. Is it about exposing the Trilateral Commission, the Council on Foreign Relations? If that's what the Q, and, and remember, the Q drops are very different from infiltrators within the Q community that are talking about JFK Jr. being alive and the earth being flat. Okay, this is fascinating right here. This is what I was talking about, the the kind of different denominations, right? The JFK Jr. thing, you know, JFK Jr. comes back and does, like, runs for vice president with Donald Trump. That's from a denomination of QAnon called Negative 48. And here is footage of them gathering at the grassy knoll, really, because they believed that JFK Jr. is going to come back. And he didn't. This is actual real footage of QAnoners gathering at the grassy knoll waiting for a guy that died in 1994 to return. Secretly wasn't really dead the whole time. Really. And this group is known as Negative 48. They get their name from Gamatria, which is a Jewish custom of kind of playing with numbers and letters. It's complicated. Anyways... Negative 48 is basically the antithesis of evil, uh, I believe, is what the gamatria means. The name negative 48 basically would translate into not evil, effectively. Anyways, so he's saying that all those people, the different denominations that splintered off of QAnon are psychological operations designed to make everybody look crazy when the real Q drops are 100% legitimate and the, the guy that really writes for the QAnon account claiming to be some go like government insider secretly really does have all this information. I love it, honestly. I love it. I love it how these QAnoners are all pointing fingers at each other and claiming that, that they're the crazy one. No, you're the crazy one. You are. You're making us all look crazy. That's basically what's happening, right? They're complaining about each other looking like nutcases. I'm fascinated. I love this to death. Do more of it, please. But he's saying get back to basics. Just follow the original QAnon and don't go with the negative 48 stuff or the Ramana Dedulo Arcturian stuff or whatever.
If that's what the Q, and, and remember, the Q drops are very different from infiltrators within the Q community that are talking about JFK Jr. being alive and the Earth being flat. I guess the, he calls them infiltrators. Fascinating. That's what happens in these types of psychological operations, operations is you have people infiltrate and then they disseminate disinformation to discredit the message of those that understand what's actually going on. So Q sent me is something that is around uh, and used widely in the Q community because it's like a way of saying I'm awake and I don't believe the. Would you say woke? Maybe is that is that a word you might use in this context? You're woke community because it's like a way of saying I'm awake and I don't believe the Operation Mockingbird Media. Wow, dude. Just wow. Fascinating stuff. Seriously. The Mockingbird Media thing. That's another conspiracy theory like oh god everything out of the guy's mouth is a conspiracy theory it's crazy so uh, operation mockingbird was a real thing back in like the 1970s or something where the cia or the fbi or some three-letter organization was attempting to control the media or something like that i don't even remember now it's not happening okay like they're pretending that this is like this widespread thing that's happening right now. Like the FBI is behind the scenes pulling levers and telling CNN what to say and telling Fox what to say and telling MSNBC what to say. And all of these other organizations, they're all just working for the deep state, you know, and then the FBI, they're telling the media what to say. And then the FBI is being told what to say by like George Soros. You know, it's just God, they're Everything about the things that they believe is unhinged from reality. It's nuts. Fascinating, though. Fascinating answer to his question, do you still believe in QAnon, basically, right? Well, check this next one out. This one was interesting, too. Do you have regrets, was his uh, question. Do you hold any animosity towards President Trump? And uh, if you had the opportunity, would you do it all over again? Well, no, I don't have any animosity for Trump. I love Trump. I mean, dude used you. You really don't have animosity for him? He cynically used you to attempt to maintain power after losing an election. And he suckered you. Do you really not see this? He bamboozled you. He got one over on you. He used you to get what he wanted and threw you away when he was done. How are you not infuriated after years in jail i mean how long did he spend in jail two years three years maybe uh no a year and a half i think he spent a year and a half so he's arrested in november 2021 like 10 months after january 6th so yeah he must have spent like a year and a half in jail that's not very long anyway you spend a year and a half of your life in pre in prison in federal prison and you're not upset that this guy cynically took advantage of you, used you for what he could get, and threw you away? You're not upset about that at all? Okay. I would be. No, I don't have any animosity for Trump. I love Trump. I respect Trump. I don't agree with everything Trump says or does. No, it was probably a, a uh, shout out to the vaccine stuff. Trump has been encouraging his supporters to get vaccinated. But, I mean, this is America, isn't it? We are allowed to have our own opinions. We are allowed to have freedom of speech. And I don't think Trump wants a bunch of yes-men around in the first place. I think he would rather have some form of honest opinion, you know, and... Um,
Okay. I mean, he's saying this as though he wants to be part of Trump's administration, part of his crew or something, part of his like posse, if you will, his hype man. Is that what he's aiming for right now? I'm kind of worried because that seems like the exact type of thing Trump would do, right? Bring in like all the January 6th people to like work with him if he won the uh, 2024 election. Oh my God. Can you imagine? Everybody who took part in the January 6th insurrection pardoned by Trump 2024 once he wins. I don't think he's going to win. We'll see. I doubt he'll win. But imagine this with me for a second, how horrific this would be. Trump takes office, pardons every January 6th person like he could have done before he left office, the poor fools. I can't believe they're they're not like pissed off at him over what he did. And then Trump brings in every January 6th person after pardoning them to be like Secretary of Defense, Secretary of State, uh, Secretary of Transportation and all of it. Oh, my God. What a nightmare that would be. It sounds like that's what he's dreaming about. Sounds like that's what he's shooting for, right? Would I do it all over again? Um, you know, uh, the there's... I'll just put it this way. Well, he's a celebrity now, so he wouldn't ha have an opportunity to be like one of Trump's people, possibly, maybe, hypothetically, if he hadn't done what he did on January 6th. So this way, I live without regret because regret is too heavy of a burden if I want to move forward in life. Mm, OK, sure. But it sounds like what you're telling me is. You're glad you did what you did. You'd do it again. That's what that sounded like to me. Am I missing something? Am I mishearing this? This dude is unglued from reality. And he's very obviously aiming for a spot in Trump's cabinet, right? Aiming for a spot in his posse or whatever. Crazy. I don't know, man. Let me know what you think about this in the comments. This is absolutely fascinating to me. I'm deeply entertained by it. I doubt this is going to go anywhere. I doubt that you know, he's going to maybe he'll get in Trump's inner circle, but I seriously doubt he's ever going to be anything other than an insurrectionist. Simple as that. His reputation cannot be rehabilitated. He is the embodiment of right wing nutcase. That is who he is. That's his reputation. So anyway, I'm just I'm entertained by it. I think we should be entertained by it. Let me know what you think in the comments. Budman Buds, welcome. The right wing claims the window breakers were undercover FBI, not Trump supporters. So I guess that's what he meant, saying the police let him in. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, that's completely made up, of course. But, you know, facts don't matter when these people start spouting off their nonsense. So that could be what they meant. That could be what he meant by that, uh, the, by the police let him in. Either way... He was he was not supposed to be in that building. That's what really matters. And he knew that. And he went into that building anyways, despite the fact that he was not allowed to be there. And he was and he knew what he was doing. He knew he was interrupting an official proceeding. Nathan Brown, Trump doesn't love him. Lol, Trump suckered all those people into attacking the Capitol and then left them in jail to rot. Why would they still support him? You got me. Seriously, Trump had the opportunity to pardon them. He had the opportunity to pardon him, and he didn't. He could have done a blanket pardon. Do you know, I believe it was Jimmy Carter did a blanket pardon for anybody who dodged the draft in Vietnam in the 60s. A anybody who avoided it and went to jail because they, they 
didn't want to like get involved in the draft or whatever. He pardoned them. Blanket pardon. Trump totally could have done that. He had like weeks afterward. What? January 6th to January 19th, basically, right? How long did he have to sign that order? He signed a bunch of other pardons. I think he signed Steve Bannon's pardon right near the end of his term, didn't he? But nope, nothing for the January 6th people. And these people are sadly still sucking up to him, still love him to death. It's embarrassing for them. Honestly, it's embarrassing for them. That's all I've got for you. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, don't forget to check me out on Patreon and take a look at my YouTube channels. Owen Morgan, where I talk about religious issues. Telltale Fireside Chat, where I talk about politics. Telltale Unfiltered, where I do long-form breakdowns of stuff like this. And Telltale Reads, where I read books by televangelists and others. I release everything in parts, but every part stands independently of the last. So you can jump in anywhere, and I'll make sure it makes sense. You can find some ad-free, uncensored, complete versions of all my videos on my website, owenmorgan.com. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email list to get early access to everything. All links are in the description. Okay, thanks for watching, guys.